This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion, addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at standupwithatruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for tuning in. A brand new day, brand new week, and we are blessed to have the Reverend Jim Harden back with us. He's the CEO of Compass Care Pregnancy Services in just outside of Rochester, New York. And, uh, he's been really busy in demand. A lot of interviews. I've got a list of all these interviews he's been doing. Uh, Focus today, Newsmax, uh, Glenn Beck, Washington Watch, uh, Huckabee. Um, I mean, it goes on. Daystar, Sean Hannity, uh, uh, Tucker Carlson. Um, so many more interviews and Charlie Kirk show. We're thankful to have Jim Harden back with us on Stand Up for the Truth for some breaking news and an exciting update. Uh, Jim, God bless you, brother. Thanks for coming back. Oh, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me back, David. It's an honor to be here. Okay. Before we get into the breaking news and a great article you have over at compasscarecommunity.com, abortion is a winning strategy for Democrats. Um, about the midterms last week. I just want to mention over in Wisconsin, our friend Jelaine Appling in Madison, um, she filed a public records request with the Madison Police Department regarding the arson attack May 8th of this year. So the police department furnished no information or updates to Wisconsin Family Action since early June. And Jelaine Appling, and I just want to get your comments on this, James, uh, she said the Madison Police Department is tasked with protection of all Madison residents, as well as the prosecution of those who commit violent crimes, such as the arson attack on our building. If the MPD cannot or will not provide a reasonable update after more than three months, this is going on four now, even more than that, we can only assume that either the investigation is closed or that the investigation has not been aggressive as we were originally told. And now Wisconsin Family Action is offering a $5,000 reward out of their pockets, from what I understand. Not the police department, not the FBI, not the DOJ, but the Wisconsin Family Action. So $5,000 reward payable to anyone who furnishes information leading to the arrest and conviction because there have been none, not even a person of interest. And this is across the country from what we understand. So Jim, your thoughts on this, and then tell us what's happening over at Compass Care Pregnancy Center. Well, my my thoughts about Miss um, Appling is our, our prayers and our thoughts are with her. We we stand together, shoulder to shoulder, on this. They were the first to be firebombed on May sixth. Now May second was the 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 illegal leak of the Dobbs case, uh, overturning Roe versus Wade, mm-hmm. and you know that sparked a crime wave yep. of, of uh, attacking pro life people across the country. She was the first, and on May sixth, Jane's Revenge took responsibility for the firebombing of their location, and they said, look. They gave an ultimatum at that point, and they said, you've got 30 days. Pro-life pregnancy centers, you have 30 days to shut down, or more of this is going to happen. We've got cells in every state, basically. They were... So uh, on June 7th, 30 days later, Compass Care's medical office in Buffalo was catastrophically firebombed. Two firefighters were injured putting out the blaze. Wow. Half a million dollars of damage. We had to shut down the location and uh, relocate the services uh, so that we could rebuild it. We did rebuild it, but we re- rebuilt it under threat of additional attacks. So... Jenny's Revenge took responsibility for our firebombing, and they said, uh, now, if you don't shut down, uh, it's, next time it's not going to be so easily cleaned up as fire and graffiti, which is a murder threat, yep. a murder threat. Yes. And so, so we, we, we had the same problem that Ms. Appley had over, over in, in, in Madison. They were slow. Uh, law enforcement, federal and local, were slow walking it. I mean, the, 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 there, there, was, there was no manhunt. There was no aggressive uh, uh, you know, forensic analysis of the evidence. There was... We, we actually had to file a lawsuit against the police department in, on the first ring suburb of Buffalo to actually see our own video surveillance. We couldn't make a copy of it because, of course, the catastrophic damage had the power out wow. in our facility. So we had to give it to them in good faith. Oh. They refused to let us see our own video surveillance. It's day 160 now, I think. Um, six months, over 150 attacks on peaceful pro-life people and organizations, mm-hmm. and no, not a single arrest. I mean, what does that tell you? Well, it tells me. It tells me that there's 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 there the the the, the law enforcement's been politicized and they're biased, and the media covers up for them. The media, of course, are pro-abortion and they might as well you know fall in line with the with activism and the way they report, or I should say, 
the lack of reporting, a bias by omission, by omitting a lot of stories. Story selection is another bias where they don't choose. To. By the way, um, you said over 100. I hear it's between 100 and 150 from pro-life pregnancy centers that have been attacked, firebombed, churches that, of yeah. course, are pro-life. Most churches yeah. are pro-life. But now what, what would happen, Jim Harden, if this was a Planned Parenthood and they were attacked? What do you think? Well, luckily, we don't have to surmise because Planned Parenthood on July 31st in Kalamazoo, Michigan, was there was an attempted arson uh, attack on it. That's right. And what happened? What happened was interesting and, and very telling. The same day, a joint federal law enforcement task force got together, and uh, that was the very same day of the, of, of the attack. And within four days, they, 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 they leveraged all of their forensic technology and had the guy apprehended, and he's now facing 20 years in jail, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's what should have happened with every single one of these 150 attacks, but it didn't. It took the FBI five weeks to just look at our video surveillance. How long did it take the FBI to look at the video surveillance of the Planned Parenthood in Kalamazoo, Michigan? It was, it was, it was, it was within five, probably five minutes, because they actually <laughs> reviewed the video surveillance the same day. Mm. And didn't they arrest someone in four days? Four days. Yep. It took them four days. Wow. We're going on five months here, yeah. and they still don't have anybody. Nobody. Anywhere? It's naive, quite frankly, to think that the largest law enforcement agency on the globe with the best forensic technology ever known to man doesn't know one single person who's perpetrating these crimes across the country. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, it's hard for a lot of people to believe, and I don't think uh, intelligent people do believe that the FBI can't find anybody responsible for any of these attacks, even when a group, Jane's Revenge, took responsibility for a good number of them. So, uh, Jim Harden, uh, there's a, a, before we get to the breaking news that you uh, just found out, um, there was a 1,000 page report that tagged the FBI as possibly complicit in the violence against pro-life people and organizations. And I want to quote you and let you elaborate. You said, uh, this report seems to confirm what we have been suspecting all along. The Department of Justice and the FBI have been complicit in attacking the ideological enemies of the pro-abortion political elite. When justice is no longer blind, it becomes injustice. Please elaborate. Yeah, that's... It was unfortunately not surprising to see the results of that report. Uh, we we have been suspecting since August. In fact, we've been frustrated with the local police and specifically the FBI um, for their their lack of of interest, their their feigned interest of late, uh, even. It, and, and it's and it, it's been so politically motivated, and it's it's been palpable, and and quite frankly, um, dishonorable. Mm. The the FBI. Uh, and, and other federal law enforcement have their, they have an oath bound duty to protect all people equally, uh, free from ideological concerns. But the whistleblowers in this report, this 1000 page report, uh, demonstrated that, that the FBI was deprioritizing, uh, investigations on violence against pro-life people while at the same time taking resources away from bona fide investigations of, of, of child sex crimes probably related to abortion, by the way, yep. and putting them on, on uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the narrative of, of the political elite at the time. And so what, what did they do? They started doing dawn SWAT raids. The FBI was doing dawn SWAT raids uh, on peaceful pro-life leaders like in Pennsylvania and in Tennessee. Yep. And that, that, that is extremely disconcerting to, to think that law enforcement, it undermines wherever you stand on the spectrum of abortion. This this activity at the DOJ and the FBI undermines people's faith in the justice system. Absolutely. And that in and of itself is, is going to have major ramifications uh, in, in, in the years to come. Mm. And I hope more people hear about this. They're not going to hear about it through the mainstream uh, media outlets because they are ideologically driven as well. But um, th- th- tell us, uh, bef- well, I'll just let you share, when was the last time you heard any updates on the case, whether that be from the FBI, DOJ? Uh, what's the latest, Jim? I got a call this morning. Interestingly, I, I have I haven't we haven't released it in a press release, so uh, you're you're one of the first to hear. I, I got a call this morning at eight thirty Eastern time from the FBI, saying that uh, uh, they're going to go public with uh, some snippets of the video surveillance, which they haven't even given us yet, and <laughs> and uh, and they're going to offer a twenty five thousand dollar reward for any information leading to an arrest. 
Now, let's before we go, go you know, start singing the praises of the FBI. Let's <laughs> yes. just think about this for a second. Yeah. Let's just let's just uh, let's just analyze what they just did here. After the so on the lead up to the election, the White House press secretary was asked three different times what what were the White House stands and they have any, any questions or, or, or thoughts about this one thousand page report and how the FBI's you know essentially complicit in in the attacks on on pro life people and organizations. And she said, "Oh, we're not attacking." Right. That doesn't exist. It doesn't, it doesn't, that's not a reality. Well, okay. Um, so then you got this 1,000-page report that, that, that demonstrates the, the actual reality that things are uh, going on. The mainstream media refuses to pick it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so now the FBI comes out after the election. Yes, very important says, hey, look, point. We're, we're, uh, we're, we're even-handed. Look at us. We're even-handed. Um, $25,000, by the way, is a pittance. Let me, I wonder if, 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 if they're going to offer $25,000 reward for any information leading to all uh, 150 attacks, right? So, so that would be a one and a quarter million dollars. That's pretty good, hmm. uh, I think. But, may, but, but they haven't said that. We're the only, we're the only pro-life organization that I'm aware of that the FBI has publicly come out and said anything about, much less that they're, they're doing anything about it uh, with respect to any of these attacks. I, I, I you know, the, do we have to spend so much time and energy? Talking about the, the reality of the politicization of the FBI for the FBI to do anything for anyone? I, really? Mm. Is that where we are as a society today? Yes. Because the FBI is more concerned about their, their, their reputation than they are about actual justice? That's what it seems like to me. Yes. Well, we have to understand who's in charge, really. The, uh, the left, you know, the Democrats and the administration are uh, possibly calling the shots and telling them to stand down the FBI as you know, um, police precincts across the country were told to stand down in 2020 when buildings were set on fire and police cars were firebombed and looting and vandalism taking place across the country in the inner cities. Um, right. The people in charge, it's un- unfortunate that this is where we're at. That's why we're thankful, Jim, that you're able to come on the podcast. I know you're making a lot of rounds with the media, so I am thrilled to hear that. I know you're probably thinking, wow, you're just trying to keep up, but I'm thrilled to hear that you're so busy and doing a lot of interviews. Um, tell us a little bit about this track meet, this this marathon or sprint that you've been on recently. <laughs> it's been it's been grueling. It's been a grind. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, you know, it's it's uh, we haven't. <laughs> It has not been a, a break. Uh, it's been a roller coaster. I don't know how, how many different ways I can describe it, but it's been, uh, it's been tough on everybody, but the, everybody's spirits are high. I think at Compass Care, despite the fact that, um, we're, we're a little flagged. Um, and, uh, you know, but, you know, we're, we're, our hearts are in the trim anyway. We, we, we have a good cause mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's not just a good cause. Amen. We're in the cause of, of, of the, of the good Lord. Yes. Um, he, he he, he made humanity as the crown of his creation, designed us to reflect his image. And, and he, he says, look, it's not, you shouldn't shed another man's blood because, and here's the reason, we're made in his image. Genesis 9, chapter, Genesis 9 uh, verse 6, we're made in his image. And that's, that's the purpose of, of government is to protect all people equally. You know, we're all made of the image of God and deserving of blessing and protection from the womb to the tomb without partiality. Yes. And that if we lose that, if we start hedging, if we start parsing out who qualifies as a person under the law and who does not, if we vest government actors with the power to decide which persons they can disqualify from protection under the law, then who's next? Because it's a slippery slope. It's going to be your neighbor. It's going to be your daughter. It's going to be you. And and if we don't protect all people equally, that's the result. That the, the most dangerous idea to a despot, and I think this gets at the heart of the election, the most dangerous idea to a despot is the equality of all people. Hmm. Because now they can't control them. That's now right. they can't destroy them. Now they can't enslave them for their own purposes. And and, and, and what, what Christians represent, pro life Christians represent the, the, the ground of all freedom, all liberty, true liberty. And, 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 and what, 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 what's been turned upside down in our, in our society today is liberty. We no longer define liberty in terms of, of, of duty to protect for my, for my fellow, my fellow citizens. We, we define liberty now as license for me to be able to do whatever I want to do. Government gives me the license to do what I want to do. Hmm. And that's not the idea. 
the, the, the Constitution, you know, says we are endowed by our creator mm-hmm. with inalienable rights. Those that are given to us by God makes us who we are as human beings. But when the government comes along and creates a right, that right is always on a collision course with an inalienable one. For example, abortion. Abortion is a right the government created back in 1973. Dobbs case basically came out and said, no, it's no longer a right uh, protected under the law. You can decide what you want to do with it yourself, states. Um, but it conflicted with the inalienable, I'm sorry, inalienable right to life, mm. right? Yes. Um, and, and that's essentially what the Dobbs case said. They said, look, as soon as the Roe decision was decided, it was, it was an egregious decision, but as soon as, as it was decided, it was on a collision course with the Constitution. And that's why. Because the, the, the Roe decision said the word person does not apply to the unborn. Think about that. Mm. That's, that's a direct quote from Roe versus Wade. The word person does not apply. To the unborn. Wow. Well, I, in, in the Dobbs case, said that the, the road decision was egregiously wrong, specifically on that point about personhood. Amen. You know, in the Bible, the Bible describes the idea of love. It describes the, the opposite of love in a couple of different ways. One of them, I think you and I have talked about before, is uh, the opposite of love is not hate. The book of James describes the opposite of love is partiality. Mm. It's me playing God, getting to decide who qualifies for my favor and who does not. Who qualifies as a person under the law and who does not? You know, uh, Jesus was, was asked by a lawyer once, hey, uh, he said, uh, what, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, well, you're, you're the lawyer. Why don't you tell me? This was in Luke. And, and you know the story. Yeah. He basically said, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, that's right. Go and do that. You'll be fine. And then he said, wishing to justify himself. This is what the Bible says. Wishing to justify himself. The lawyer said, yeah, but who's my neighbor? Mm. Ah, that's where it begins. That's where the, the, the seed of, of the tree of injustice is planted. As soon as we start to, start to, to, to ask ourselves, well, do we really have to treat this person like a person? Then you've got the, 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 the foundation for systemic injustice. And Jesus, Jesus said, okay, well, let me, let me, let me answer that um, with a story. And he gave him the story of the Good Samaritan. Yes. And here's this, here's this guy walking down this dangerous Jericho road, and he gets beaten up and left for dead on the side of the road. And, and along comes the, the, the ruling elite of the day, and they pass by on the other side. And along, then, then finally comes this good Samaritan. This, the Samaritan, by the way, was this kind of, you know, he, looked, he was looked at, a Samaritan was looked down upon. He was like a half-breed. He was dehumanized himself by this, this lawyer. And he comes along and he, and he stops and he gives him everything. He gives him his, his voice. He gives him his time. He gives him his money to give this stranger his life back to him. And now Jesus asks the lawyer, who was a, who was a neighbor to this, to this man? Mm-hmm. And the lawyer says, well, it was the man who helped the other man. He couldn't even bring himself to say Samaritan. That's right. <laughs> Go and do likewise. Yes. Go and do likewise. And so that's, that's us. That Jesus is our good Samaritan. He stopped. He condescended. He gave us his voice, his righteousness. He gave us uh, everything. Yes. To give us our life back. Amen. And now he says, go and do likewise. And this dangerous Jericho road of a world. Amen. Go and do likewise. Find the weak, find the vulnerable, and give them their lives back. And that's a preborn boy or girl whose mother thinks that she has to choose between her life and her baby's life. That doesn't, the world doesn't have to be that way. Right. And Christians stand up. Christians stand up for the equality and dignity of all people, especially the weak and vulnerable. Because if, if society, if the justice system it fails on protecting the oppressed, and fails to even recognize the the the, 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 the oppressed, then we've got we, we've got some serious moral trouble. Yes, and and Christians are the ones. You and I are the ones who are supposed to be speaking out prophetically and acting prophetically. Meaning we're gonna we're gonna be the, the hands and feet of Christ, and we're gonna we're gonna help these women who are seriously considering abortion. We're gonna do whatever it takes to give her all the ethical medical care and comprehensive community support to see her way clear to having the child. To giving her the ability to say no because she feels stuck. She feels trapped. Not a sane woman alive actually wants to have an abortion. She just says, I, 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 I've got no other choice. I need to have an abortion. Yep. Our job as Christians is to tell her the truth and walk with her and, give, and, and sacrifice for her and her child, um, not just throughout the pregnancy, but beyond. And that's what pregnancy centers have been doing for decades and decades. It's the, right. it's, the, it's the church at work. Yes. Amen. Thank you so much. We are speaking with Reverend Jim Harden, Compass Care Pregnancy Services. By the way, you can get a lot more information on them, compasscarecommunity.com. When we come back, there's an article on the website, Abortion is a Winning Strategy for Democrats. Republicans defeat themselves by failing to engage moral issues. 
Jim Harden says, I told you so. More on Stand Up For The Truth in just a minute. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. We're speaking with Reverend Jim Harden, Compass Care Pregnancy Services. And uh, Jim, really briefly, we just had our fundraiser here. We are a nonprofit as well, and people donate from different parts of the country. I just want to give people an opportunity to look you guys up and how, if someone wants to donate to Compass Care Pregnancy Services, uh, tell us how they can do that. Oh, thanks, David. Well, if you wanted to donate or, or learn more about what's going on, about how Compass Care is serving women and saving babies all across the country, you can go to compasscarecommunity.com. That's compasscarecommunity.com. Thank you. And there's a donate button just like on our website. Um, so the, this, I love the title of this article, Jim. Abortion is a winning strategy for Democrats. Republicans defeat themselves by failing to engage moral issues. I could not say a bigger or louder amen just to the headline. So tell us a little bit about just your thoughts on just the disappointing, first of all, disappointing outcome. We know that God is sovereign and he will still use us. There is progress being made in different areas, but the messaging on the Republican side was pretty much horrible um, and anemic. So tell us your thoughts. Yeah, anemic is a great way of saying it. When I started to see it back after the primaries in August, I started to see, and everybody started to see, um, a lot of these Republicans uh, scrubbing their websites of any pro-life language or any moral issue for that matter. Jeez. And I and I warned them at that time. I think I sent out a press release and I and I said, uh, look, um, this is gonna this is gonna harm you in the midterms. You need to stand strong on the moral issues because this is what people want to talk about. We were we were on the ground. I mean, as you know, I've been out there, uh, you know, talking around the country about this, and people want to talk. I mean, uh, they want when when Dobbs came out uh, on June 24th, and it sent the the abortion issue back to the states to decide for themselves. All the polls were saying people, you know, the, the vast majority, 70 to 80 percent of people, want to to see abortion restricted at the state level. They want to have a say in it. They want to talk about it. And, uh, and, and, and the Democrats, the pro-abortion uh, politicians in charge of the Democratic Party anyway, wanted to shut down the debate. They want to federalize it. They want to make abortion a, a, a human right to the legislature. Yep. Uh, and and what, what that would do is not just legalize abortion. They're not telling you the full story. Of course, it would, not, it would certainly legalize abortion for all nine months of pregnancy, which you know, the vast majority of Americans don't want, by the way. Only 8% of Americans, according to a recent AP poll, said that they actually wanted unfettered, unrestricted, total access to abortion, abortion for all nine months of pregnancy. That's a very slim, yes. very slim minority. But the Democrats didn't tell people that that's their party po- policy. Mm. That is their platform. Unrestricted, unfettered abortion uh, all throughout all nine months of pregnancy. And if they make that a right through the legislature, then... It, it will essentially make all public pro-life activity illegal. Why? Because if you if you're if you're a doctor or a pregnancy center that's refu- refusing to refer or provide abortion, you're going to be seen as violating a civil right, standing in the way, conspiring to deprive a woman of her civil right. Mark my words. That's what will happen. That's what's already starting to happen. We see it in New York. Uh, and and uh, New York Governor Hochul is already trying to it's put together a, a, a group of people to interpret the new law that was, you know, enshrined. Uh, abortion was enshrined as a right in New York back in 2019, but they didn't write the rules around it. Now they're writing the rules. And I can tell you that it's going to be very damaging to pro-life activity. Um, so so it's dangerous. And, 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 and the, the, the public is not being told. So the Democrats saw this. They saw, hey, um, this is about morality. They knew this election was going to be about morality. And they were able to stave off a significant amount of losses by focusing on abortion. They, they outspent, uh, you know, Republicans 35 to 1. They spent over a third of a billion with a B, mm. a third of a billion dollars on abortion-related ad campaigns. Wow. Meanwhile, but, so, but if you look at, what, at, at, the, at the Republicans that stood strong, all these Republicans that hedged, all these Republicans that stopped talking and only, only talked about money and only talked about inflation and only talked about crime, they lost or they're, 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 they're fighting for their life and they, they may end up losing, depending mm-hmm. on where they are right now. Yeah. Um, but, the, but, the, but the pro-life politicians, the ones that stood strong, I'm thinking about like Abbott in Texas or DeSantis in Florida, DeWine yes. in Ohio, and the list goes on and on. Those that stood strong 
even though they're being outspent 35 to 1, they still won mm-hmm. if they stood strong on being pro-life. Yes. And it makes sense, right? It, it makes perfect sense right. because I would, I would be very leery. And I think everybody should – and we talked about this before. I think everybody should be very leery about vesting government actors, elected representatives, with the power to decide who qualifies as a person protected under the law and who doesn't. I mean, it's a, it's a simple thing for a politician to talk about, right? If you want to – the more people talk about the abortion issue, the more pro-life the community became. It's just a simple formula. Yes. Talk about it. Yeah, all you got to do is talk about it. And, and for, the, for the pro-life candidate, just simply say this. Uh, you know, it's, um, well, it's the job of government to protect all people equally. And, 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 it, and, it's, and it's wrong to, to decide and to start parsing out who qualifies as a person and who doesn't. And as soon as we start saying who qualifies as a person protected under the law and who does not, injustice uh, be, begins to happen. And that's what we're seeing. That's what we've seen throughout history. And I, 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 I'm loath to, to support anything. That would that would disqualify any person or category of person from being protected under the law. Well, how, how hard is that? Mm-hmm. It's not hard. Yeah. And, and, and who who wouldn't stand behind that? Because guess what? When we when 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 we allow the government to to uh, to, to to disqualify people as protected under the, under the law, they start treating people like second class citizens who disagree with the, the party politics, and they start and, and that's and that's the only reason why why systemic injustice exists. It's a collusion between culture and government to, to, to disqualify a person for protection under the law in order to enslave them or oppress them or destroy them legally. So, legally. so uh, Jim, uh, you also said that, um, by the way, thank you for referring to abortion as the moral issue that it is. It's, it's words all throughout Scripture uh, that Bible doesn't differentiate between a, an, a, a preborn baby and a newborn baby. It's a child, it's a baby, it's a human life. But you said Democrats figured it out. Moral issues always trump money. And yeah. um, that's the wrap-up of this article here. Don't have uh, time to get into the other one, but there's a nine-point protection uh, plan for women and children from abortion, fraud, and injury. I'm going to post that as well. I was looking through that. You made some great points in that. Don't have time to get into it, but Lord willing, next time we talk, and I know you've got a lot of other uh, interviews to do. God bless you. May he strengthen you and encourage you. You are making a difference, Jim Harden. Thank you for all the work you do at Compass Care and for raising awareness about this issue. Thank you, David. God bless. All right, God bless you. Um, okay, the, the website again, I just want to remind you guys, compasscarecommunity.com, compasscarecommunity.com. And that article, uh, it's very short, but the points, we need to look at this in light of any upcoming elections or um, what we have, especially 2024. But I don't know how it's going to change, friends, unless we can raise awareness. But he was right when he said the more that people hear, the more information they get, the more they tend to shy away from the radical abortion up until birth, uh, which is on the platform of the Democrat Party. So people tend to be more um, supportive of life, not pro-life, but more supportive of life and against the radical extent of the policies that are pushed. So understand that. And just a simple example of that might be when a woman goes to, when a pregnant girl or woman goes to get an, a, an ultrasound or a sonogram, she sees the baby or hears the heartbeat, then I believe it's, I'm, don't quote me, but I believe it's close to 90% of girls and young women choose life. That's why Planned Parenthood doesn't offer um, um, ultra, uh, sonograms or ultrasound. They do the ultrasound, but they don't let the women either hear the heartbeat or see the screen. Um, but when women do, in other pro-life pregnancy centers, they say, wow, uh, that is a human life. That's my baby. And yes, it is a baby in the womb. So uh, one thing that we didn't get into, and this is from information I got, from the Reverend Jim Harden, call him James or Jim. It, what happened to Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul, who was allegedly attacked in his home uh, a couple weeks ago? The details seem so strange. It made headlines, but apparently this guy was a Canadian national. Why would he be interested in U.S. politics? Uh, and apparently he's a leftist drug addict. And... It's, it's fascinating, but some might argue that those in charge of the Democrat Party were trying to do whatever they could leading up to the midterm elections to paint themselves as the victims of violence 
in order to gain sympathy votes. Now, remember, you and I, if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you know there are between 100 and 150 now attacks on pro-life people, pregnancy centers, and churches. That's fact. But the, the average American does not know that. They don't understand that. It's never been reported on by most mainstream media outlets. They're, I would call them the one-party big-tech media conglomerate. So the Democrat media will not report on that because they want to protect pro-abortion Democrats. So the average person doesn't know the truth. That's the bottom line. The average person doesn't know the truth on these issues. So when they hear something like, oh, my goodness, Nancy Pelosi's husband was attacked, so now they're the victims, right? A leading Democrat and her husband, they're they're victims. Um, they used the January 6th narrative for as long as they could. They used accusations of Christian nationalism and radical religious people in America trying to uh, encourage biblical morality in our country. They won't, they won't put it that way. But um, so this is what's been happening. So friends, understand it's it's not necessarily that people are ignorant. But the point is they are not hearing the whole truth. And so that's from the mainstream media. That's from our government. That's from Hollywood. That's in the public schools. But the problem is also in many of our churches, these issues are not being addressed. These things are not being talked about. So it's not only that we have an ignorant or uninformed electorate, but... When Christians don't know what's going on, that's what's sad. So that that's where you and I come in. You and I come in. We are messengers, of course, messengers of reconciliation, trying to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. I just shared it with someone this morning in a text message, um, and I've been going back and forth with this person who said, um, I said, God is holy, we are not, but God has provided a way for us to be forgiven of our sins, a way to inherit eternal life through Jesus by his sacrifice on the cross and resurrection from the dead. That's the good news. But every person must be convicted and decide, confess their sins, decide whether or not to believe. And the response was, believing is not hard. What's hard is the outlying variables that try to distract you from your belief. And these distractions are continuous. Those variables grow every day. And I, I would not disagree with this person. I would say, but there is nothing new under the sun. And people have dealt with distractions and deception throughout the ages. The Bible warns about it. God never changes. And remember, he, this person's talking about uh, believing is not hard, but the variables, the distractions, right? And I said, Peter sank into the water when he took his eyes off of Jesus and looked at the waves and the storm. And then he sank. God never changes, but our culture, societies, you know, these things are always changing. Darkness is increasing. But who is the light of the world? Jesus is the light. We are his light now here in his place while he works through us by his Holy Spirit and hoping in him. That's an anchor to our souls, an anchor to our souls. So, yes, it's challenging. And, yes, people might say, yeah, but they give you all these excuses. So I need to go on. Because there's a several articles, especially uh, good news, at the Washington Times and other outlets reported on the city of Boston. This is unbelievable. They, after five years of litigation, the city of Boston has agreed to pay out more than $2 million to a Christian group. Why? Well, they refused to fly the Christian flag at the city hall. Sure, they flew the rainbow flag. And sure, they flew other flags, the state flag, but the Christian flag, anyway, they allowed it now for its Latin cross, the cross flag, um, but they had to go to the, the lawsuit was decided over. Anyway, good news. So Boston has to pay $2 million, and that was last Tuesday, and they were represented by Liberty Council. I think it's just over $2.1 million they've got to pay within 30 days, and um Quote, we are pleased that after five years of litigation and a unanimous victory at the U.S. Supreme Court, we um, finally let freedom fly in Boston, the cradle of liberty. And uh, the Christian flag case has established significant precedent, said Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. All right, that was back in 2017 when they asked to raise the Christian flag 
on the uh, Boston City Hall flagpole. So, and, and they were just trying to commemorate Constitution Day at that time, but they said, uh, no, rainbow flag, yes, Christian flag, no. Isn't that telling, though? Isn't that just how most of the way of our country, the big cities, or, or most of our country, just flat out, let's just be honest, uh, they'll wave the rainbow flag. I mean, even some churches, <laughs> you won't dare put up a Christian flag. Oh, Lord, help us. But, hey, let's move on to another. Don't. I'll have to get into this after the break. Good news. A federal court shredded Biden Democrats' student loan bailout plan. That is good news, friends. That's very, very good news. And um, just this other article I pulled up, applications for student loan forgiveness no longer accepted. And some people might hear that and go, oh, wah, wah. So we'll get to that in a minute because that's a very important decision um, in that federal court. Um, one more, and we just have two minutes left in this segment. <laughs> Over at the Blaze, a Bible verse painted on a high school teacher's parking space angers fellow staffer. Quote, I feel like it's attacking me. <laughs> Unquote. So the Bible verse and I believe it's uh, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So that's on, apparently, a Christian teacher's parking space in Florida. And uh, one of the high school staff members there, uh, the Democrat uh, leftist, said, that angers me. I feel like it's attacking me, this Bible verse. <laughs> it's, and this is a, anyway, it's an interesting, interesting article, but I just thought, man, something's never changed. These debates are going to go back and forth. Because people were offended, right? People were offended because of the cross, because of the message of the gospel. And isn't that interesting? By the way, I'm not going to go out on a rant because I only have one minute in this segment. But I've been seeing a lot of commercials on TV. I almost said Christmas commercials, but they're not Christmas commercials. And yet, they use the word holiday quite often. What holiday are they talking about? Well, you don't know, but you see red ribbons and green ribbons and you see snowman and you can see beautifully wrapped presents you can even see a green little pine tree in someone's home by the fireplace and all these gifts and you can see excited kids and then another scene kids are going shopping with their parents and they're getting all these presents and all these gifts and they're making all these plans for quote the holidays notice that christmas is being ushered out of our culture not the commercialization of it and not the celebration of buying gifts and the tradition, but the meaning of the holiday. That's for another time. We'll get into that down the road. But when we come back, we'll talk about a couple of these articles on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. So I've got to go back to a very important article over at CompassCareCommunity.com, our guest for the, for the first half of the podcast today, the Reverend Jim Harden. And there's a great article. I'll, I'll link to it at Stand Up For The Truth in today's blog podcast. Nine point. Protect Women and Children from Abortion Fraud and Injury Plan. There's a nine-point plan. There's a, a summary there about uh, what, what's going on, what, what we need to protect them from. Um, and it says even just some of the promotion of this and some of the narratives and the marketing of evil. Just I'm going to quote one thing, then we have to move on. Now, peddlers of chemical abortion are engaging in consumer fraud against women in crisis. Why? They're claiming the drug is, quote, safer than Tylenol. Yet, studies suggest a woman is 500% more likely to end up in the emergency room with complications due to chemical abortion than to surgical for just all kinds of side effects. And so some of the points, um, and we don't have time to get into it, but I'll put this link up in the podcast notes. Now, back to the article over at The Federalist and many other uh, news sources reported, of course, the federal court um, in Texas held that when the Biden administration established its $400 billion student loan forgiveness program, it unconstitutionally exercised legislative powers that the U.S. Constitution vested in Congress and I, of course, I believe that's the right decision. I know on the left, they're, they're believing, no way, 
uh, give kids that money. But we were reading another article last week on what people were planning, college students were planning on doing with that money. Like if they, they got a refund of $10,000 toward their student loan, they were going to go out and buy electronics equipment. They were going to take a trip somewhere. They were going to do all kinds of things with the money and spend this money on things having nothing to do with education. Uh, but that's just the nature of, uh, all right. So it was a 26-page opinion, and this uh, Judge Mark Pittman ruled Democrat – I'm sorry, <laughs> well, same thing. The Department of Education lacked authority to create the loan forgiveness program the Biden administration announced in August. So the program was supposed to cancel student loans up to $20,000 for individuals, most making less than $125,000 a year, um, or up to $10,000 in the absence, absence of a Pell Grant. And uh, this is, I'm just so glad every now and then we see a little glimpse of sanity, a ray of light and glimpse of sanity. Um, so let's move on. But that was some good news. But we need to keep an eye on this. You know, the left will not let this go. It's not over. This battle is not over for just, I mean, unaccountable spending of the taxpayer money in America. And by the way, that that was a Freudian slip when I said the Democrat Department of Education. It is really, but I didn't plan to say that. It's not how, how it's, it's not how it is written. So that's good news. Next is kind of disturbing, uh, unfortunate story over at the Gateway Pundit. So climate activists shut down a freeway apparently over where was this on the UK. Um, an activist group called Just Stop Oil. They, you know, throw public tantrums and they're trying to to damage historic works of art across Europe. But they also target roadways. And last week, apparently, they scaled uh, cranes and blocked roadways on Britain's M25, causing traffic to come to a standstill and, of course, causing chaos, including a crash in which a policeman was injured and one motorist shared, I know there's many more stories like this, but one motorist shared how these public tantrums have real-world consequences for citizens just trying to use a freeway and live their lives. So the blockage caused this heartbroken man to miss his father's funeral because climate activists and environmental activists and radicals want to shut down roadways to show protest or whatever, the civil disruption. And I know it's sad, but how many more stories are there that we have not heard about? So this man missed his dad's funeral because of the activists. So that was just an amazing thing. He wasn't able to say goodbye. And you know what I mean. I mean, his dad was dead, right, at the funeral. You don't say goodbye, but... It's figuratively you go and pay your final respects or whatever. Um, but he missed his dad's funeral. Yep. Let's move on. Let's move on. This is another one that uh, is a, this is an extensive article. We, we're not going to have time to get through, but I'll, let's start it. Love Ken Ham over at Answers in Genesis. And this article is over at Harbinger's Daily. Christian parents need to see through the deception of believing that public education is neutral. And he puts public education in quotes. Um, Would you send your children to an exclusively Muslim school that taught the Koran? Um, Try asking your Christian friends or family members this question, he says. Many would respond with a resounding, no way. But why? Most would explain it's because the school's teachers would invariably instruct their children what they consider to be a false religion. Um, Islam, and the corresponding values that emanate from its beliefs. They would recognize that the constant negative influence their children would have to deal with on a day-to-day, hour-to-hour basis could have disastrous results. Every parent knows that, biblically, there is no such thing as neutrality. After all, serious students of the Bible will remember Christ's words in Luke 11.23, Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. It doesn't take a rocket science to realize 
You don't want your impression, impressionable children, your kids, to be negatively influenced. We know that even brief exposure to things like pornography can have devastating effects on young minds. So good parents stay vigilant to prevent them from uh, associating with others that might attempt to introduce wrong values and ideas to them. It's why God's Word says in 1 Corinthians 15.33, Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. So having your children in that situation would obviously not be an unbiased environment, and having to attempt to counter the indoctrination imposed on that young mind for, for many hours that the religious education and the small amount of time left over the end of the day would be extremely difficult even for the most vigilant parents. Most Christians would concede. They wouldn't expect positive spiritual results um, and would be very hesitant to try it out. So, of course, now this is Ken Ham saying, despite the fact that statistics continue to show more than 70% of young people from Christian homes that attend public schools walk away from the faith of their parents the vast majority of Christians in the West seem to have no problem sending their children to secular, state-run schools. Why? Seemingly because they deem public schools as irreligious and not faith-based. And this is apparently due to a foundational misunderstanding of what faith and religion are. So he goes on. Does religion require belief in God? Most people's understanding of religion presupposes a belief in a particular god or pantheon of gods, but this is untrue. For example, in an article exploring one of the world's foremost religions, National Geographic stated, Buddhism is one of the world's major religions. Buddhists do not believe in any kind of deity or god. And other examples of non-theistic religions would be Jainism and even sub subsects of Hinduism, which are compatible with atheism. So, a religion need not adhere to the concept of a supernatural intelligence. Merriam-Webster's non-deistic definition of religion is simply, quote, a cause, principle, or system of beliefs held to with ardor and faith. What about secular humanism? This is where he's getting. So stay with me for another couple minutes. Another very popular non-theistic religion is secular humanism. Although some secular humanists vehemently howl against the accusation, humanism makes overtly religious statements and is even recognized as a religion by the U.S. Supreme Court. For example, in the Humanist Manifesto, it says, uh, religious humanists regard the universe as self-existing, and not created, so they don't believe in a creator, God. Humanism believes that man is part of nature and that he emerged as a result of a continuous process. We find insufficient evidence for the belief in the existence of a supernatural. It is either meaningless or irrelevant to the question of survival or fulfillment of the human race. As non-theists, we begin with humans, not God. Nature, not deity, end quote. So the term non-theist is simply a different way to say atheist, which is defined as, quote, a person who denies or disbelieves in the existence of a supreme being or beings. So the main point of humanism is that it denies God as its starting point, which means nature is all that it is, right? Atheists must have a logical way to explain our existence and purpose, so they define it, among other things, as survival or fulfillment of the human race. And that explanation of their ideology is formatted and codified in the teaching of the story of evolution. And let's emphasize the fact that it is a theory. So, because the story of evolution has been adopted as the official explanation for our origins— what is actually being taught in government-run schools? It's the religion of secular humanism, undergirded by the story of evolution, the theory, falsely being taught as fact and science. Please understand that's where we are today in our, quote, education system. 
end quote. All funded by taxpayers, I might add, many of whom are Christians and people of other faiths. So, it's an amazing, ingenious strategy that humanists have employed for years. Infiltrate the so-called public education system, which is supposed to be neutral, and impose their religion as science to convert millions of their own people and just to put it bluntly, the West overtly teaches atheism to its young minds and has been doing so for decades now. Is it any wonder that we see the outright madness, I call it delusion, displayed in our culture today? Is it any wonder? So even educators admit it. They admit what they're doing. Uh, I have quoted this man before over at uh, a writer from the Journal of American Humanist Association. Um, He said, I am convinced that the battle for humankind's future must be waged and won in the public school classroom by teachers who correctly view their role as proselytizers of a new faith. What's that new faith? He's getting ready to tell us. The classroom must and will become an area of conflict between the old and the new. All right, pause. What's the old and the new? The rotting corpse of Christianity together with all its evils and misery, and the new faith of humanism. So, education is a most powerful ally of humanism. And every American public school is a school of humanism. You, know, you, know, you think they're neutral? Just try talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ in a public school today, or on the university campus. You'll get run off campus. They'll shut you down. They'll censor you. Because we are an ABC culture, anything but Christ. And just think about how they don't celebrate, quote, Christmas anymore. They might have their winter solstice. They might have their holiday parties. They might have their New Year's or whatever. Um, They'll sing Jingle Bells and all about Santa, but they're not going to mention Holy Night, Jesus Christ, born in Bethlehem. They're not going to mention any history or anything to do with the Bible. Or, Or some schools might, but that is such a small percentage, friends, We've got to wake up, understand the times, and recognize where we are. And I would say to help you understand how we got here so you can be having these conversations with other people who really don't know. They haven't kept up. They really are naive to this truth. Okay, so we, the article is goes on for another several pages, but um, Ken Ham says the left understands their world worldview. And they will attempt to tear down the very concept of the Creator God. And now we have young, young children thinking they are the opposite gender or sex because they are told that they can be. Because there is no Creator, they were, quote, it's the born in the wrong body philosophy, right? And don't be taken captive by worldly philosophies, Colossians 2.8. All right, tomorrow we, Mary Danielson will be with me, and we will welcome back Pastor Joe Schimmel of Good Fight Ministries. They've got a brand new DVD project out we're going to be talking about. You will hear a replay from Russ Miller on Wednesday, Bill Perkins of Compass International on Thursday, and T.A. McMahon on Friday. We might be talking about The Chosen, among other things. Trevor Loudon next Monday. I had to throw that in there. Thanks, guys, for listening and for sharing the, the podcast. God bless you, and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter. 